Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Life. That's boss life, mom life, wife life. And I am your host, Serena Moore Thomas, destroyer of comfort zones, speaker, author, entrepreneur, homeschooling mama, yeah, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But guess what? I want to show you how to find your rhythm, how to discover your God-given purpose, and how to do this thing called life with less grind, girl, and more grace. I promise you, you are in for a treat. Grab your notebook, something to write with, and let's get into it. episode, I have my good friend, Miss Janita Paveka, that has uh, graciously joined us on the BMW Life Podcast. And we are talking to Janita about homeschooling and raising entrepreneurial children. Uh, She is a homeschooling mother of 17 years, a certified educator, right? So she's a certified teacher. Um, She's also a certified entrepreneurship educator, and she teaches uh, parents and children how to start their businesses by six years old. Um, I think you're really, really going to love this episode. Her and I have been friends for many years now, and I am so grateful that she um, decided that she wanted to share with us on the podcast during our homeschool series. I think you'll learn a lot, um, especially because she comes with a educator's background. I think you're going to be shocked at what you hear her say um, as an actual, you know, teacher. And so enjoy. Again, as I always say, please make sure you leave us a review or a comment. Let us know that you're enjoying what you hear and then head over to Facebook and go find our Boss Mom Wife Life uh, podcast page and make sure you join that group. It's actually called the BMW Life Podcast. Um, And we have a group over there where you can ask questions, you can post comments, and you can just tell us what you thought about the episode and engage further. Okay, so enjoy this episode with my good friend, Miss Janita Palveca. All of her information is included in the show description. You'll find a link to her book, which is available on Amazon. It's the ABCs and one, two, threes of owning a business by the age of six. I am. I believe that you are going to really enjoy this episode. So let's get to it. I'm going to give you an opportunity at this time to kind of just introduce yourself to the audience. You can tell how we met if you'd like to, but you really are under no obligation. <laughs> but um, Janita is a amazing woman of God and has been, um, she, I I just told her how monumental our connection has been in my life, um, even more recently. And I'm so appreciative of her taking time to, um, to share with us on the BMW life podcast today. So Janita, are you ready? I am ready. 
Okay, let's do it. So if you could just like introduce yourself um, to our audience and let's, you know, dive into like, you, you know, your homeschooling journey, kind of how you started and we'll, we'll go from there and have a conversation and see how we can help those families um, that are, you know, thinking about homeschooling this season. Sounds great. Uh, Serena and I met through the uh, Who Owns the Ice House, which is an entrepreneurship uh, curriculum for teens through adults. And I'm an entrepreneurship educator. And I see Serena, I fell in love with Serena and her dad on the video, on the curriculum. And I see Serena as a superstar of faith. And so it's, it's a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to uh, continue our relationship. Uh, personally, I am uh, an entrepreneurship educator. I have a, a business uh, called Specially Created Life. We're infusing hope and inspiring action. So Serena, no matter what I do, I want to infuse hope and inspire action. So Love whether I'm teaching a biz kids camp like I did two weeks ago at the community college, I say, of course you can start a business. Here's how it's done. Here are the basics. What are your interests? What are your talents? What are your skills? Okay, great. You can start a card making business or you can start a uh, sugar scrub business, or you can start a wooden sword business. Um, and then infusing action. Like we can talk about ideas until the cows come home, but unless it's put into action, it will not make a difference in your life or in the world. Yes, that is so cool. And I, you know, I love biz kids. So, um, and, and we're going to talk about that some more because as a homeschooler, which you'll get into your journey a little bit, I know that your children uh, started businesses quite early as well. So let's talk a little bit about um, your, your homeschooling. So when did you start? How did you start? Did you homeschool all the way through high school? Uh, tell us a little bit about that. As a, as a homeschool mama of 17 years, uh, we, started um, we started when the children were little. I knew from the very beginning, I'm a teacher by trade, I'm a certified teacher um, for decades. So I love to teach, it's just innate for me. So um, as soon as you know, started having babies, I knew that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. And I knew that I wanted to homeschool, but I, the best of both worlds, I love to teach but I wanted to stay home with my children. So it was just a natural fit for our family. Um, so we started, you know, preschool ages. And what really helped for us was we used the more approach. It's called a trifold approach to education. So work, academics, and service. So of course, when children are little, they only need a few hours of academics in the early years. And so uh, the more approach, uh, Dr. Raymond and Dorothy Moore, he's no longer um, living, but they call him the grandfather of homeschooling. Uh, it's a trifold approach, like I said. So uh, we would get our academics done in the morning, say a couple hours, you know, in their younger, younger years. And then, um, so the hours of academics, they need to also do manual labor, like work out that what the what the input so then here's the output put it into practicality so my children were always motivated to get their work done so they could work on their business or they could um, build with legos or they could go outside and garden or they could um, have their animals we lived both in the city and we lived on an old mcdonald's farm i call it so they would um the 
the goats, they'd have goats and they would kid goats or they would uh, have cats or chickens and they would sell the eggs locally. Uh, they also had um, dog kennels and we, they would birth, um, help birth puppies. So they had so many hands-on activities. And like you mentioned, Serena, I wrote the book, Start Young, uh, the ABCs and one, two, threes of owning a business by the age of six. So all four of my children started a business at the age of six. And it was just a natural um, part of our homeschooling because we got our academics done in the morning and then they had all afternoon to work on their businesses. And they also started um, a newspaper, like their newspaper carriers by the age of six. And we would do that as a family. So they're always... Uh, working out uh, what they were learning. So there was a, a reason for the three R's for reading, writing, arithmetic, and it just made sense to them. I love it. And especially that part right there, there was a reason to do it because they were, you were cultivating this entrepreneurial um, this entrepreneurial um, way, you know what I mean? So yes, I need to read because that's going to just help me <laughs> build my business. That's a, that's a great motivation <laughs> to, to want to know, you know, what, what, or not to want to know, but to participate in the, the academic part of, of the day. Now, let me ask you this couple things. One, there is this myth amongst homeschoolers or I'm sorry, amongst um skeptics uh, on homeschooling that you need to be a teacher or an educator, or you need to be someone who has had some kind of training in teaching in order to homeschool. Now, I've addressed this before on um, another podcast episode, but I'd love to hear your, um, your feedback on that or your opinion on that since you are a actual, you know, actually a certified teacher. What are your thoughts? Uh, one does not need to be a teacher. Serena, the relationship supersedes the academics. And I was just talking to a sweet young mom yesterday who was just starting out with her oldest in kindergarten. I said, Mama, they just want you to sit with them. They just want you to sit with them and read and, and incorporate them into, into your real life. Like you're cooking, you're cleaning, you're gardening, you're outside doing the flowers, you're going for a walk, you're going to the store. Just you can teach as you walk on the way, as you lie down, as you rise up, as it says in Deuteronomy. Right. But te teaching, especially when they're younger like that in their primary years, in their formative years, is, it's so natural. So you do not need to be a certified teacher. In fact, that may be, I mean, it's helpful, but it may be more of a hindrance because I also taught in school. So I, I had to do some unlearning for myself. Mm -hmm. Homeschooling is not like teaching in a classroom of 20 children. And what I found was it worked well for my personality because I love the creativity of designing my own curriculum. And I love the fact that I had four different children because my older, even me as a certified teacher, I was scared to teach. I didn't I think it, I don't know if I could teach my first child to read. And that makes me laugh. Mm -hmm. So um, a certain curriculum that worked well for her. Yeah. So the first one is like, okay, I got this down. So here comes number two, my son. And it's like, okay, this is a curriculum. This is what works. And he's like, a, a couple weeks into it, he's like, mom, can we skip the ooh, ah, e stuff and just get right into learning how to read? 
<laughs> so he wanted to do a hands-on workbook style and workbook style. So it was great knowing that every child of mine, and then my third child um, has dyslexia. And so she did not learn to read until she was almost 10 years old. And I am very thankful as a teacher because I know if, I, if she would have been in a public school that it would have been a totally different story for her, uh, her learning to read and for her self-esteem um, as a dyslexic child. But now she reads ferociously. She received a 32 out of 36 on her reading in her ACT. So it's just, I knew it was going to click. Um, so for her, it was a different, a different story. And then for number four, I still can't tell you how she learned to read. Right. <laughs> By that time, it's like, uh, yep, you're going to get it. Yep. <laughs> That's so cool. So, okay, now let's go back to these six-year-old babies having businesses. So the, the business that, or the, the businesses that your children were involved in, were they actually, like, did you actually incorporate, do an LLC individually for the kids, or did you have a home-based business and you kind of employed them? How did, how did that work from a, you know, organizational standpoint, or was it really more of a hobby? So what, you know, how did, how did you do that? Um, initially, it's a hobby. Because they had, uh, like I had a piano studio for 20 years and I had up to 75 students. And the, parent, and the type of curriculum I used, the parents were required to attend lessons, group the group lessons. And so it was in, my, it was in our home, mm-hmm. a person of our home. So it was like these poor moms were sitting ducks every week. So my children would set up their little businesses, whatever they're selling, whether it was beaded crafts or dog treats or pav pack gourmet popcorn or jewelry sales. They always had a little stand in um, the music studio. So the parents would walk in and after a while they'd say, okay, what are you selling this week, kids? (laughs) (laughs) So that was their natural um, their natural introduction, and then puppet chills. Of course, they would take them back to the another room, and, and that was charge them a quarter for their puppet shows. So in the beginning, it was very small, and we did not need an LLC until they were older and they started um, raising dogs, or they started importing jewelry from Peru, um, and they were shipping dogs all over the country. So then, of course, um, as as their businesses grew in the state of in our certain state, they could earn up to a certain percentage or certain uh, dollar amount uh, before they had to register with the state. And, and the state we were living was so kind to youth entrepreneurship. Uh, and, and I would teach biz kids camps. And so we'd have expos. Got it. That they would participate in. That is so cool. So did you ever, so at what age did they actually have like an an, uh, an LLC or like at what age did you start introducing that? Oh, about uh, by age 14 when their businesses went in, in our family, when the businesses became, you know, serious or became um, revenues in the thousands of dollars. And again, it was according to the tax laws in our state and according to our state um, revenue uh, department. Uh, and so we had an umbrella. We had an umbrella. It was called, you know, Path Pack Sales and we had an umbrella um, uh, business, uh, business number, business account. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we would put all the businesses under that and then report our earnings and pay in the sales tax. 
Got it. So did you actually have to like add your children? So, and, and I'm asking because this is a question that comes to me. Like we have um, our youngest, actually all of our children are on payroll currently for our um, our family business, right? So the kids, you know, they work at the, our entrepreneurship classes. The kids go to the barbershop, they sweep up hair, they do the vending machine, they do, you know, they go pick out the snacks, they, all of that stuff. So they actually work and kind of get a check that's more like an allowance, but they're, they're on payroll for the family business, right? Even, even the six-year-old um, is. So that's, that's kind of how we do it now. But then Bryson has his like online store, learning happens everywhere. You know, we do apparel and stuff like that. So that's now actually getting to the point where he, he needs his own separate thing. Did you have your kids on, on payroll at um, that time, like, you know, during the, their homeschooling years? No, no, we did, we did not. They would, uh, certain things they would earn, like, um, find, Oh, certain music books when I was, when I had my huge piano studio. Um, if you find this book at the thrift store, the garage sale, pay you a dollar. But we did not, we did not have them on specifically on uh, payroll. Got it. There's so many ways to work that now. And I know you, I mean, you homeschooled. Well, you, let's talk about the age of your kids now. So <laughs> your kids are how old now? The, the youngest is? 20 to 25. So we had four children in five and a half years. Uh, <laughs> It was, it was, for us, it was so natural to homeschool them together, like the oldest two and the youngest two. It just fit. Okay. Um, and the third part, Serena, I want to talk about, so I talked about the more approach, academics work in service. Giving back to the community is so important to train from an early age. Okay. So preschool, um, by the oldest, you know, being six or seven, of course, the youngest would have been like four. Mm-hmm. Three. They were, uh, we would take them to um, every week, every Friday, and uh, we would drop one off at the baby boutique. It was where she, uh, the oldest, where she would um, hang up baby clothes for um, moms to come in and, and shop at the local pregnancy center. Um, and then the rest of us, I would take the other three and we'd go down to the local um, uh, food bank. And this was, <clears throat> it, this food bank was set up where we would. Uh, the children were able to shop and get the bags ready um, without customers being there. So it it allowed for um, children to um, you know be children, but yet they could uh, put in their service hours and fill up certain bags for the food bank. Uh, so that worked really well. Awesome. That is so awesome. That is so awesome. So um, let me ask you this. What is, in terms of uh, homeschool myths, because there are a lot of them, which myth would you like to debunk? <laughs> like, what's the one thing that you hear all the time that you're like, oh my God, that's so not true? Coming, this is coming from a certified teacher. <laughs> do not kill the love of learning. Whatever you do, do not kill their love of learning by making them sit down for six hours a day doing paper pencil or sit in front of that computer. And I am passionate about this. Do not kill their love of learning by bringing school into the home. 
the, the way public school is set up, coming from a certified teacher, the way public school is set up is meant for 10% of the learners. And there are so many learners that are hands-on, kinesthetic or auditory or visual, or they don't get it the way it's taught nowadays and what we think is school. Or if you're not college-bound, oh my goodness, if you don't get straight A's in all these academics, no. Like Einstein says, everyone is a genius, but if you make a, if you judge a fish by the ability to climb a tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> way off. So as a certified teacher, do not kill their love of learning by copying what the public schools are doing and bringing it home. There it is. You guys heard it. Now, we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but I absolutely stated that in um, in the previous episode when we talked about how we started, because I think that's that's just what you initially believe that you have to do. Um, and that right there, it, it, it gives so much, it puts so much pressure on parents believing that they need to um, replicate public school in their home in order for their homeschooling experience to even be successful. Um, So because we know, right, that at this time during COVID-19, there are parents that have serious concerns, right, about sending their kids to school. There are districts that are talking about, you know, halfway, you know, come in three days a week and work at home two days a week as the the new norm. Um, Or, you know, we're not sure if our school's even opening in the fall. So there are so many parents right now that are overwhelmed, that are stressed, that have to work and can't even see like how this is even a possibility. What, um, Janita, what, what would you say to a parent that is like sitting right now saying, I can't do this, or I have to work, there's, there's no way I can, I can, I can do something like this. What, what, what advice or, or what words of encouragement would you say to that individual? Uh, I would say, um, <clears throat> If they can't do it, you have to to find a tutor. But I've had people have asked me to tutor their children. But I said, I cannot. I will not sit with your child in front of a computer for four hours or six hours. That is not not learning. So um, you're going to have to work it out for your family. But if your child is able to get it done quickly, then don't make them sit that many hours. Um, I don't know what the... Every school district is different, what they require. But if the child is able to learn outside, sitting in the grass or swinging on the, on the swing, or if you're somehow able to manipulate the curriculum so they don't have to sit in front of that computer all day long, I mean, first of all, it's terrible for their health. It's terrible for their eyes. It turns them into zombies. Um, it's just it's it's not healthy for them to sit all day long or even a six-year-old expect them to sit two hours or sit four hours no that's not natural learning is a natural way of life so every every school district um i'm sure is different and so you're going to have to be creative in how you work with your school district the curriculum the teacher but do not make them sit for hours and hours and hours in front of a computer. Do not kill their love of learning. 
Yeah. And, and reaching out to your community. I know for me that, and, and I talked about it in my first episode about how you're not even as a parent required to teach your children every single subject. You get to facilitate learning <laughs> experiences. And what that means is I pull on my community. I find the math tutor. I get to choose the teachers just like the school district chooses the teachers. <laughs> if, if there are specific subjects that we wanna learn about or that we need or whatever, I'm not, I don't have that, that on me. You know, I don't have that kind of pressure because again, learning happens everywhere, which is, that's our website guys. Learning happens everywhere.org. Uh, you can find all your cool homeschool apparel there. Um, but learning literally happens everywhere. And I think that's what um, Janita is really, really um, trying to get you to, to understand and to know. And homeschooling doesn't, just like learning doesn't happen nine to three, just think about yourself as an adult, right? You're not saying I'm learning right now. You're just living. <laughs> You're just living and learning. Um, and so it doesn't have to happen nine to three. If you are a working parent, even if it's at night that you do whatever your school requirement is for your district, which you have to, you know, find out what that is, but it doesn't have to be done at a certain time of day or anything like you have so much flexibility. So I would, um, add to that, not to put so much pressure on yourself because it looks different for every family and you definitely have to do what's best for your family. Um, so the last thing is, wow, we're almost at like time already, Janita, we can talk day. Um, but the, the, the one thing that I wanted to go back to just a little bit more on the, the, the raising entrepreneurial children. And I know a big part of that is like the more approach that you have used so that know your your children would understand work academics and service giving back to the community and things like that um, I think those are the the building blocks of raising entrepreneurial children right exposing exposure leads to expansion and that's what you uh, appear to have done um, uh, from a very early age is expose them to various opportunities and allow them to become problem solvers and right solutions. I think that's one of the really, really important parts of raising um, entrepreneurs. What else would you say in terms of parents? Like what, what advice would you give to parents <laughs> about either getting out of their own way or getting out of their children's way? But like what, what advice would you give to parents um, to help cultivate that um, further, that, that entrepreneurial spirit? In, it, yes. In my book, Start Young, I talk about the ABCs. And so it's the mindset that needs to be um, in the home or in, in the classroom. Um, and the first part would be A is allow. Allow time in your schedule parents to uh, work with your children, dream with your children, um, help them with their ideas. Say they're really into um, growing plants and they want to sell uh, plants to the neighborhood, let them sell. It's, children normally are, are, are uh, creative and bold, and they want to sell. They're entrepreneurial um, in, in their thinking, and so parents don't get in the way of that. So allow them to have time in their schedule to dream and plan and work with their hands and build and create things. So when I teach my BizKids camp, uh, two rules, it has to be a product and it has to be something they made with their hands. 
Uh, so that's so important for hands-on learning. And the second one is believe. Believe that they can have a business, that they will learn something from it. It will not be perfect. It does not need to be micromanaged by parents. It needs to be on a child size level. Uh, they're learning their business. And then C, let them create. So again, allow time in their schedule. Believe they can start a business and let them be creative and let them um, uh, experience, especially I'm a big one for outdoors, outdoors, hands-on, playing, whether it's animals, sandbox, Legos, um, uh, a paper route or exercising or hiking, or there's so many things where they can just be dreaming about uh, creative ideas. Yeah, and, and I mean, in this age, this technology age right now, um, I think as parents, we have such an, uh, a, a, a great responsibility <laughs> to make sure that especially our younger ones are spending time outside. Um, I mean, you have to at this point. I mean, it's so easy to say, here, get on this tablet, just stay out of my way for a little bit. <laughs> but it is damaging in the long run because you're, you're really, really limiting um, they're thinking you're limiting a lot of things. Um, right. but, um, so I'm, I'm real big on, on going outside and I'm, I'm blessed to have very outdoorsy type children who still enjoy playing outside, writing on the sidewalk with chalk, climbing trees, creating things. I mean, we, we were doing doomsday preppers before COVID-19, ironically enough. And <laughs> we were in the backyard preparing and they're talking about what we need in the bunker. And I mean, and we're just doing, but you're allowing them to just think freely, uh, which is a benefit of homeschooling. You know, you're not limited to right now is math time. And I know you want to draw. That's why you're drawing on the side of your worksheet. But we're not drawing right now. We're doing math. Like, th those are the kind of conversations that happen in a school environment. Like, you know, and, and it's like, wow, my, my brain wants to do art right now. But you're making me do, do this. And, and I don't want to. And so that makes learning difficult. And so take advantage. Like, like Janita just said, that those ABCs are critical um, Janita does have a fabulous book and I have a copy and so you should get it. It's called Start Young, the ABCs and one, two, threes of owning a business by the age of six. And so you want to go on Amazon and get that. Um, and Janita, I know you also hold the Biz Kids um, camps. Do you, are you doing those virtually right now? Um, I am not. We, we meet in person. Yeah, we met in person. So. You, well, we have to get you virtual, my dear, because we need what you have. <laughs> we, we need it all over the world. And we're not in Nebraska or Montana. So we have to get you virtual so we can take advantage. Um, but definitely visit up her website, which is JanitaPalveca.com. And I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes. Um, I do know that you have like some... Uh, journals and things that you create for mamas out there. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it's inf in Infusing Hope, Inspiring Action. It's the uh, a Psalms journal for women. And so I still use it morning and night. And I still find it helpful. And it's uh, 
gratitude. There's so many things involved. Gratitude and writing your goals and planning and being thankful and what does God say, what is God saying to me today? And the biggest one I love is taking a risk every day. Mm-hmm. We as parents, of course, need to be a good role model for our children. And we need to continue to grow and continue to grow. So just as our children uh, are learning to set up a business as a child or uh, learning to homeschool at home, learning to school at home, we need to be stretching and taking risks as adults. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm all for that. I believe that the more you step out on faith and you do, you know, you take a step, the more you're, you enlarge your capacity. Um, so those risks and, you know, escaping your comfort zone, you know, you're speaking my language. Water walker. <laughs> you know it. Um, you know it. I have to get with you so I can get this water walker journal out of me and uh, produced now. Um, for those of you that don't know this, and you wouldn't unless I've told you, but Janita is the woman who literally pushed me out of the boat and was like, you have to write it. Like, you have to do it. You're called for such a time as this, and there are people waiting for you and what you have. And it was because of a conversation with her um, that, that I actually produced the book. And so many lives have been blessed because of it. And so I thank you, Janita, for being obedient to the Holy Spirit all the time <laughs> um, and doing what God has called you to do. You are a blessing and a gem. I want to tell you that um, you are a gem to the kingdom of God. And I thank you so much for all that you're doing. Yes. And you are a superstar of faith. <laughs> I love it. Superstar faith. Listen, it's uh, yeah, there there that's that's my that's my thing right there. That's my superpower. Um and I am grateful. I I'm, I'm grateful that God has connected me with folks like you. So, guys, that's going to be our conversation for today. If you want to learn more or connect with Janita, um, I'm going to put her website right in the show notes. So you'll be able to, um, you know, you'll be able to connect and purchase her book. I actually just purchased my journal, so I can't wait to get it. Um, And um, yeah, so where can we find you on social media? Under my name, Janita Pavalka. Okay. Got it. And I have books on my website also, JanitaPavalka.com. Okay, great. Any parting words, anything you'd like to say to, to the new homeschoolers this year? Moms and dads, it's relationships supersedes curriculum. There will be holes in your teaching that just as public school, coming from as a public school teacher and a private school teacher, there are holes in, always in their education, but relationships supersedes the curriculum just sit with your kids love on them adore them delight in them that is the most important job um that is the biggest blessing you have in life are your children i love it i love it thank you so much janita and i oh gosh i forgot to ask this question and i know it's going to come up because it comes up all the time all four of your kids, they did homeschooling all the way through, right? Kindergarten through high school, or did you put them into public school at some point? They all four went into public school at, at, um, in high school at some point. We moved from um, a, a city, a metropolitan area to a rural area. So 
you were talking, Serena, about connections. Connections are, were so important for us in our homeschooling journey in the city. And then when we moved to the rural area, we didn't have the chemistry teacher. We didn't have the music um, teacher. So uh, they all four went into the um, public school in some form and fashion, but only one out of four has a public school diploma. Oh, wow. So what do the others have? They just whole, GED. Mm-hmm. And my oldest daughter, who is a go-getter, she applied to 10 different colleges just to see if she could get in as, with a homeschool diploma, and she got into all of them. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, great. That, so that's definitely something, um, something else that comes up all the time about the homeschoolers and if you can go to college and how you do all of that. And so we'll have to have you back to just talk upper education and homeschooling um, on, a, on a separate show for sure. But just so that you guys know, it's absolutely possible. We just, we just showed you. <laughs> we just told you. So um, thank you again, Janita, for your time and for your expertise today. I really, really appreciate you. Blessings to you. All right. Bye. You see there, I told you you were in for a treat. Is that incredible or what? I am sure that there was something said today that has you really, really thinking. And here's the deal. You can head right over to my website and I have so many good things for you, like specifically for you. Uh, We have a community of like-minded, faith-focused individuals that are ready to wrap their arms around you and welcome you. And I mean, we have freebies and goodies and all kinds of things. So head on over to serenathomas.com and that's where you can continue this conversation with us and really engage further, okay? And then also, if you are listening to this podcast today and you are like, girl, This is exactly what I needed. I need to know that. Okay, so send me a message. Certainly head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this channel so that you're the first to know when new episodes are loaded. I'm so glad you took the time to join us. And listen, don't be stingy. I know you have a family, friend, or follower that needs this today. So take a screenshot, post it, girl, or just share it. But I enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't wait to connect with you again next week on the BMW Life Podcast. Talk to you soon.